Hi there, this is Anthony. I'm just out on a stroll near my house uh, in the park, so you might hear leaves and animals out and about. Just a quick note ahead of this episode that um, I, I failed in the research to actually find the fact that Greta Thunberg has actually uh, committed to donating all profits from the book as a good cause. So some of the arguments that you hear within this episode are not considering the fact, well, this fact, which I later discovered. So take, take, take the opinions uh, expressed with that lack of knowledge in consideration. If you follow climate news, something you may have seen recently is that Greta Thunberg published a book, The Climate Book. Last week, Ant sent me the following sarcastic message, which I will now allow him to read with you to preserve the authenticity of his original tone. Anthony. (laughs) So I saw the news and I texted Jake, oh, thank God, a product we can buy. Humanity is saved. Why does this annoy me so? So we like using this podcast to share debates and arguments we've had in real life. And hopefully you, our listeners, will enjoy being part of those conversations. Since this message sparked a real discussion between us and on one on which we seem to disagree, we've saved it to have it with you now. So over to the show. It'll be a briefer episode. It's basically a rant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Also, by the way, fun fact, this is our 50th episode. Woo! How cool is that? We've literally, God, yeah. committed. Look yeah, we've made it to 50, half century. I know. I'd like to read some stats, but I didn't prepare any. And we're keeping this one sharpish because Jake's just about to get kicked out of the booth. So mm. I guess we'll just carry on. Thank you very much for the listeners. Please do a few episodes back. There's a link to a form. Or, and you can also book a call with us if you'd like to chat to us, either for fun or also to discuss what you like and don't like about the podcast. Yeah. Jake, very quickly, do you want to just tell us, defining the terms, do you want to tell us a little bit about Greta? <laughs> what is a Greta Thunberg? Oh, sorry, sorry. We just should have said, but welcome to the morality of everyday things. And yes, I am, of course, Jake. And I am Anne. Indeed. So yeah, let's crack straight on with this one. I don't know. What did we finalize the question for this? I think the term we were going to go for was just Greta released a book. Great. <laughs> That's so sarcastic. Yeah, we're going to discuss basically, was this a good move, etc. Let's crack on. Who is Greta Thunberg? So here's a quick bio for you guys. Greta Thunberg is a Swedish environmental activist. She first gained international attention in 2018 for her climate strikes outside the Swedish parliament. She was born in 2003, which makes her 10 years younger than me. And she started her climate activism at the age of 15. She's, you know, she's a very famous public figure. I'd be surprised if any of you haven't heard of her, but... Is she not the daughter of someone famous as well? Daughter of an opera singer and an actor. I think her mum certainly is kind of famous. More about her. Her activism began in August 2018 when she began skipping school on Fridays to protest outside the Swedish parliament demanding that the government take more action to address climate change something interesting about her which again you probably know but she's been diagnosed with asperger's syndrome a feature of which is that you develop quite obsessive interests and in her case she's publicly spoken about it and said climate change is her obsession her activism has gone on to spark a global movement of students striking from school on fridays which became known as fridays for the future she's become a really prominent figure in the fight against climate change if anything i'd say she probably is the iconic figure I, i can't think of someone in the climate movement who's now more iconic than Greta Thunberg, which is impressive considering her age. She's addressed world leaders at the UN Climate Action Summit in 2019. She's spoken at Davos in Switzerland. She's received awards for her activism. She was named Time Magazine's Person of the Year in 2019, which is fairly massive. And The Climate Book is her second book. She also wrote in 2019 a book called No One is Too Small to Make a Difference, which is funny because I guess she is quite small, but she's now obviously a massive personality. She was credited with shifting people's views and behaviours regarding climate change. Her influence was described in the media as the Greta effect. However, she is not without her detractors. Apart from just that, Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro also that called her a so, brat in 2019. so bloody unfair. <laughs> I can't believe uh, she's not one of the detractors and and a dictator no one likes. <laughs> dictator. <laughs> you're, you have, you get a very biased perspective there. Okay, Jake's going to ask, why does this annoy me? I'm going to go straight into it. Okay? Why does it? Yeah. I actually, there's, there's a fourth point that's not here, and this is going to be overarching thing. We're going to come back to this. Okay. I think the number one thing that annoys me about this, and a little bit about the kind of 
movement around her kind of more generally, is this capitalist, modern social media, media-driven society need to create celebrities, right? And ultimately, we're talking about a, someone well off in the Western world, like fair enough, they did this interesting thing on Fridays and she's a good activist, et cetera, et cetera. But ultimately this to me is the ultimate capitulation of like capitalist capture of co-opting of every movement, including ironically, a movement that's supposed to be counter to it. And the fact that it's supposed to be counter to it really makes me kind of dubious of the incentives. I'm gonna actually flip around the order of these a bit, but like the first one that makes me feel uncomfortable in general is like, this feels like capitalist capture and capitalist incentives and celebrity capture, her capitulating to the desire to personally be a celebrity in doing this. The reason I feel that way is, first of all, you know, I'm gonna break it down a little bit. One, you can kind of summarize this point as why are they writing and selling a book? Is the key point the writing or the selling? Both. Actually, the selling is more important. The writing a little bit. But this is the first point. Try and answer that question. Why are they doing this? Is it really an effective strategy? Right? There are thousands of climate books. What could this book, including another one that she's written already, what could this book possibly bring that's really new other than her face? Right? Mm -hmm. Cynically, and this is, you, you just made the distinction between writing and selling, especially the selling. Cynically, it feels like the best reason to do this amongst all the other strategies for activism that are available to you is to make money and raise your own profile, right? Like it just, I just can't see how this is the best course of action for climate activism for any incentive other than personally raising your profile and making money. And I can see some genuine, like, oh yeah, but that's also the best way for her to optimize doing something in the term. Like it, it's a book that's going to disappear into nothingness. Right. Like I didn't even realize she wrote her first book. Okay. Hmm. Follow on. Right. <laughs> and this is the part about selling the book as well and, and making it physical. Hmm. Right. And this is follow on for two. I normally don't like to hold people to unreasonable standards. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm not going to say that because she, you know, I'm not going to analyze everything she does and be like, oh, but that's not the most climate optimized thing you can do. Right. However, we are literally talking about the person whose whole shtick is going over the top. We're talking about the person who sailed to a conference to make a point about flying right? Mm. Why are you making and selling a physical book? Mm. First of all, you've done these unreasonable standards for climate change before. Don't sell the book. Don't sell a physical book. Do a PDF. You can still sell it. And then secondly, if your ultimate aim is climate activism and you genuinely believe that you have compiled information that is going mm. to convince people like nothing else, give it away for free, right? You have plenty of ways to cash in on your celebrity status, right? Mm -hmm. Why are you making a physical book and why are you selling it for money? That in conjunction with the previous point, why are you doing this, right? Mm -hmm. I just can't see any answer that justifies it as the best way to, to um, fight climate change, which is her whole thing. And yes, you could argue, hey, a physical book doesn't really matter on the scale of climate change. I agree, but like I said, it's her whole shtick, neither does flying to a conference, mm -hmm. right? It's a bit silly, like in her own little bubble of, of logic. My final one, she's a great activist and there's definitely like crossover, but ultimately her authority is not on the basis of expertise or knowledge. And so it feels weird. And I think actually it's like written in collaboration with people, but even then like to curate like climate knowledge and stuff, like ultimately she started as a 15 year old girl. I'm sure she's got clued up. If I'm going to read a book to understand climate change, I would much rather read Mike Berners Lee's than an activist's book, right? I would much rather read that or, or a book like The Prophet and the Wizard, something like that that kind of puts it in a, a wider context. Mike Berners Lee's was Planet B, right? There is no Planet B. It's a very good there, There's a few. Also, what's the... The banana one? Yeah, what's the carbon footprint of banana, things like that. Like, And he's a genuine expert, like world mm -hmm. expert, and also the brother of the guy who invented the internet. Uh, just not that that lends any credibility, but... 
<laughs> nice, nice halo effect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. so that's that's kind of another part of it, and I think that's largely it. I just mm. I don't see her as the person to write the book or to compile the book. Probably wasn't even her. It's probably most of the publishers, and they just stuck her face on it. I don't see how it's the best strategy to actually fight climate change. And even if you genuinely believe that, then I don't understand why you wouldn't give it for, away for free and you wouldn't do it as a PDF okay, or, cool. or an ebook or whatever. Okay, run over. Can I very quickly say one last thing? It's just an anecdote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Okay. And part of the reason I dislike this is because it's the kind of thing that a lot of people won't disagree with because why are you going to hate on the activist who's anti-climate change writing a book? It kind of feels like, well, she's kind of on our side, so we have to agree with her. And I hate that as an argument so, so deeply. And that's a very, sorry to our listeners, it's a very American liberal perspective. I think it's very, very common. I actually had a conversation with an American here in Buenos Aires, and they basically said that. They're like, yeah, actually, the points you make are very fair, but like ultimately, like, Greta's on the right side of the argument, so I support it, right? Mm. And I was like, that is the most dangerous, like, intellectual murder you can commit. Why? I don't know if I agree with that. Because agreeing with the right thing for the wrong reasons is incredibly dangerous. If you think the wrong thing, but you have the right reasons, I can reason with you. If your answer is, it's popular, so I agree with it, but you don't have the reasoning process to explain why the popular thing is right, that's how people get led astray into like the most vile, supporting the most vile repugnant things, because they keep assuming that what's popular is correct, right? Mm. They're not forming their own rational opinions on things. It's incredibly dangerous to say the right thing for the wrong reasons. Only when it becomes the wrong thing. Well, because it inevitably leads to the wrong thing. If why you do not have the rational process, if you can't identify a small infraction like this, I think a lot of people won't identify large infractions. That's how people start to do terrible, terrible things. They don't get stopped or checked until far too late. It's not necessarily the case, but as a society, it's how that happens. Yeah, although, yeah, I mean... It, it doesn't necessarily follow, but in, like I said, in some ways, I would rather that people say the right things but follow the right procedure, and then I can debate with them than the other way around. You mean say the wrong things? I would, so yeah, I'd rather people say the wrong things <laughs> for the right reasons, and then I can talk with them. Because I think a lot of people, for example, will hear me say this, and they'll just be like, oh, it sounds like anti-climate stuff. It's like, I'm clearly not anti-climate, but I do think that we should apply a rational lens. All right. All very interesting points. I think the best thing so that it doesn't become too two-sided is I'll take your points one by one and we can discuss them. Before we do, I have a little present for you. Oh, you didn't buy the fucking... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> of course I bought the book. You only supported her capture by capitalism and celebrity. I stand by it for a number of reasons, which we'll go into. I just wanted to start off with the first sort of soundbite thing with, this is a literal case of you judging a book by its cover end. But actually... Um, it's a fantastic book. And I think I've read the first part and looked at the content, so I'm, I'm going to read the rest of it. I'd summarize my argument by saying, I think this is a good use of platform to elevate the views of lots of experts. So the way the book is actually structured, and I think you might know this, but the way it's structured is Greta writes- It's like 100 these, interviews or something or what? Yeah. So what she's done is she's got 100 like climate scientists or sci like general experts to write chapters, but the chapters are all really short. So they're like less than five pages. They're essays effectively. They're actually all really well written so far. They've been deliberately like, I think the publishers have held them to quite a high standard of being concise. There's really nice diagrams. They're very pleasing to look at, but essentially she's like distilled all this kind of climate wisdom into what becomes quite a comprehensive almost textbook manifesto of the movement and this is the reason i support it is the word manifesto i think is kind of key it's because effectively what's happened is she's used her platform to compile a book where you could have a hundred of these guys individually writing their own expert books like you'd probably acknowledge none of those would necessarily reach the same level of attention it's actually ironically following our episode on strikes there's a kind of union effective 
<laughs> Greta is a figurehead of bringing all these experts together. But I mean, like, I still debate, is this truly, on the one hand, there are books that change the world. You know, you can think about something like the- The um, Communist Manifesto. Like, well, The Communist Manifesto, which actually was a, just a pamphlet, not really a book. Another example would be something like Das Kapital, which did that book matter as much. I mean, it mattered a lot to Marxist thought, but then like the mm -hmm. trickle through was through academics which this will not have. But like, okay, you can take something like the cultural impact of something like the Gulag Archipelago. I still think the overwhelming likelihood is that this book will not change anything. Tell us more about the Gulag Archipelago. What's the deal there? It was a book written by a Nobel Prize winning author who basically wrote about his experience in gulags. And it was like a big cultural shift. Like it got popular in Paris and, and the Western world. And it was a big cultural shift against USSR and it kind of helped lead to its downfall. It wasn't single-handedly the book, but the book was an important part well, this is the important thing with books, right? Books can matter. But like, I just, I still struggle to see how like another book, because you think you, all these people who've written these essays, you think I, I would be willing to put, I haven't checked. I would, I'd be willing to put money though. A lot of them probably already have written. Them. I would suspect so. I mean, Berners-Lee is in here. He's one of the people who's contributed an essay. Exactly. Um, I just, I'm not, I'm not sure that like what we need is more books about climate change, but fair enough. It's a good let, book. Let me take your points in turn. You said number one, why Greta? So on that point, I would counter you by saying, you get loads of cases of irrelevant celebrities using their platform to do good. So you've got singers and songwriters, um, and maybe it's harsh to call them irrelevant, but you've got people like that being like, hey guys, we should care about the planet more, you know? And it's like, it's like, cool, you're very famous. It's, it's great that you're so making people care, but you're hardly an expert, you know, you're, you're not relevant. Whereas Greta, I'd say, Greta is actually a very relevant person because she is probably now like the climate change icon. The fact that she's dedicated her life to this fight is actually, it's good justification. I feel like one thing you've done in that argument is that like, I'm talking on this spectrum and you've kind of used this spectrum. Sorry, I'm using my hands. <laughs> For the listeners. <laughs> I'm talking on a narrow spectrum. Jake's talking on a very large spectrum and he's using that large spectrum to make the small spectrum seem fair. Yeah, it's, it's my ability to see the bigger picture, and that's... Uh... <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying, look, don't get, don't get me wrong. Like, is it totally irrelevant? No, right? But I still stand by, like, her field of expertise would mean like, should she talk at a festival or something, which she has many times. Yes, she's completely the right person to do that. That is, she is the spokesperson. She's an activist, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're going to write a book about content, the fact that she hasn't literally written it herself. She's written parts. And to be fair, her parts are, they're very eloquent. The ones that I've read so far anyway. Congrats to a ghostwriter, the publisher <laughs> so who, who, who decided to pull it all together. You don't know that that's the case. What's the point is just, I mean, she's probably, she has read up on this enough that like, I wouldn't say she's unqualified is my point. Or you're making assumptions if you think that she is. You're making assumptions if she thinks she is unqualified because she's probably thought about this more than you and I. This is the burden of proof, right? The reason someone becomes a PhD in climate science is to validate that they're an expert. It's not on me to prove that Greta is not an expert and that we should assume that she is because she does something semi-relevant. That's why people become academics, to first of all, develop the expertise and secondly, confirm it to other people. Oh, wait, you're saying the burden of proof is on me to confirm that she is an expert? Yes. Is that true? Yeah. That's why, why people get PhDs. That's, well, look, when someone talks about something, that's why people become academics and get PhDs, right? But to some extent, part that's of the beauty of develop the expertise and prove to other people that they have it. To be fair, that's part of the beauty of the structure of this book, though, is that she's, she's assembled these opinions, right? That won't but be all down to her. But assemblage of those opinions, like, is she the right person? And then also, this is the other point, like, is she even really doing this? Or has some publisher plastering her face on the top of it? Again, capitalist capture of uh, an icon for a movement that's supposed to be anti-capitalist largely. Yeah, I mean, if that's the case, then Greta isn't really the villain in this piece, though, because Greta herself is, she's a medium. Maybe she's not a villain. The integrity or the understanding to be like, hey, wait, don't co-opt my image, even if it kind of, the publishers want to sell books. Because again, you know, if, if they didn't want to sell it, 
it would be um, a way for free. It's Penguin. <laughs> it's the publisher. I was just checking in, inside the cover. But that's that's my argument as to why I think why Greta is actually a relevant person. I will take you. Like on, on the scale of things, she is somewhat relevant. Mine was a, a little more specific and maybe was a little harsh in the context that she didn't write it all herself. Put it like this, like the fact that she is well known in the space, right? Like I don't want her fact checking these essays. Like I don't think she's qualified to do that at all. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know that she's necessarily done that either. How is she deciding what essays come in or out? Is she making the decision with the publisher? How is the publisher validating? Like I would much rather read from someone who has the validation. Granted, I, I'm not going to read their research papers, but at least when I see Mike Berners-Lee, it's like, okay, he's a professor at a well-known university. He has all these publications. He has the backing of other academics. With her, it's like, how is she assessing these? If she's not irrelevant, but like, she's also not the right person to be taking an academic approach to this. That's my point. Does the fact that Berners-Lee is a contributor to this book in any way make you feel differently? Because you've, you've given him a lot of praise throughout the course of this argument. But if he's if he's willing to put his name and reputation behind this particular example, he's a very well-respected academic in the field. Does that make you feel more comfortable with the project? This is the thing. Like, If she'd written it with two people and the two people were like, two people I can check, fine. A hundred people. I need to now what, check the reputability and what they're saying of a hundred people. And then it's like, well, why have you even compiled this book? But if they're all academics and they've met that sort of PhD burden of proof that you were discussing earlier, again, does that not make you feel more comfortable with the project? Well, I mean, it makes me more comfortable with the project, but I come back to my point of why is she the person curating them? Because like, uh-huh. what opinions are they sharing? How, like, this gives some credit that you haven't put total bullshit in the book, right? <laughs> and I agree with that. I, and, and it's unlikely anyway, because you have a publisher, so there's a sense check there. But it's still like, who have you excluded? Have you included any views that disagree with what you have to say? If anything, the only lens that you have is like, okay, fine, find 100 academics who agree with me. Let's put them in a book, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And this is this is actually going to relate to one of your things later about the profit motive and uh-huh. the fact that I think largely the problem of climate change fits into a larger societal issue, which people like her, they're useful for dragging the narrative for people to care more, but is not useful from an actual policy. One argument is I think content is good. I'm actually quite impressed by it. And the reason I'd say that is just climate change is a vast and complex issue. So the approach they've taken, which is looking at climate change through, to begin with, it's like, history anthropological biology all the way through to modern day issues of like equality and climate change equity intersectionality and all these points i think it's done quite an impressive job of bringing that together second i think or i hope it functions as a bit of a manifesto because i think while you've got loads of individual books that have done a good job of providing different parts of the picture and i mean berners lee's one is is the one i've read most recently and that is also in its own way fairly comprehensive i think this is a very impressive work in its respective like it's brought a lot of these things together one thing i would say um you talked about strategy was releasing a paper book a smart move <laughs> this is this is the one place where i find it a little bit harder to defend it and I, I i don't know because personally i could see the relevance of a kind of stunt where you release an ebook a pay what you like ebook in the style that radiohead once did And just for marketing purposes, I could see that generating a lot of attention and being effective. And I mean, I know paper on the scale of things is like, it's not massive as an issue. Um, But again, it's the whole shtick. Yeah. If it sells really well, then then symbolically, that's probably a little bit of a flawed move. So that's that's the only criticism I'd levy in this respect. But I wanted to come back to a bigger point, which is your critique of the profit motive. We both strongly believe, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, that... Being paid to add societal value is is a fair exchange, and that's that's how healthy market economy should work. So on the basis of those previous points, I think what she's done is create something that is of value. She's collected a comprehensive range of expert opinions, distilled it into an accessible reference to what she believes is the biggest problem facing humanity. I'd, I'd agree is certainly the biggest, if not one of the biggest. She's made some nuanced recommendations as to what we should do as a society. It forms a kind of manifesto, and I think I think there's a huge value in that. There's also a huge value in activism. So I really don't have any problem like paying for this book. I don't see profit for that as a uh, as a bad thing. Okay, super quickly, just because we're short of time. So my problem isn't that I disagree with that as a general principle. 
Say, for example, someone makes an awesome climate company and it sells some solution that is in, in super important to climate change, electric cars, whatever, some yeah. new form of battery, right? I'm not saying that they're obligated to give that away for free. My problem here is internal coherence, right? Mm -hmm. My problem here is that we agree with those things, but she has made very clear that she doesn't agree with those things. And she doesn't think that like an understanding of the world is like a complicated, interconnected economic capitalist society and a need to adhere to the fact that that exists and, and find incentives that make sense in that context as part of her strategy. She instead thinks that no one should fly ever. I mean, I'm, I'm being hyperbolic, but you get my point. Like she, oh, well, she I don't know if that's totally fair. Instead doesn't fit within, doesn't fit within. And maybe, maybe that's unfair. Maybe she's like making her opinion more nuanced as she grows up. And maybe she's understanding that, I don't know, she needs to survive somehow. But my point, my problem is internal coherence. And again, for someone who has done so much grandstanding about how much they care about this moral thing, I still feel like even if it makes sense, like she has set herself up as like, all I care about is climate activism. And it's very hard to be like, well, actually the capitalist incentives are very reasonable. And also like activism changes public opinion, right? What you're describing makes sense for me selling a technology that fixes climate change and why I wouldn't be obliged to give that away for free. But activism is very rarely well compensated, or at least I don't know how activism is generally compensated. I suppose it would be by doing talks and things like that. But for that same reason, I think this has potential to have an impact from an activist perspective. And again, I see value in that. So I don't, I don't see any real harm in paying for it. If your stated aim is to maximize activism, putting the barrier of payment and physical distribution in the book reduces the activism, right? And then it's, it, again, it's like, why are you doing this? Is the main aim activism? Because your whole thing is activism. You're saying it's activism. And then it's not internally coherent and it's not honest. For example, I have no problem with the fact that Mike Berners-Lee wrote a book and sold it because he has a nuanced opinion of the world that it, it incorporates capitalist incentives, which totally makes sense and ha has not set down moral markers where he's like, I think we should never fly uh, like, and, and blah, 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 all this sort of stuff, which would make it internally incoherent. I have no problem with the fact that he's sort of a, to give an example. And he cares about climate change and there's a lot about it. The net result of that is you are holding Greta to an extremely high standard. And admittedly, it's one that she's kind of set herself because she's vegan and she doesn't fly and, and all these things. However, I don't think it's then fair to say she's not allowed to... <laughs> Like <laughs> she's not allowed to buy and sell things in a capitalist economy because she stands roughly against it. I suspect it's something she'll come to. Yeah. I'm not hating the fact that like she goes to the supermarket, but I think making a book and physically selling it rather than just distributing it for free probably falls in that camp. If she genuinely thinks that this book is going to change the world and she genuinely also cares about, she's a super activist, all she cares about is maximizing fighting against climate change. It's hard to justify not giving away for free. And if she doesn't think that, then why are you writing the book? I would say, though, then isn't that a case of the great being the enemy of the good? Or at least your argument is she could have done it better. And to be fair, that's the one thing where I'm I'm going to agree with you a little bit and say, I think the marketing behind it probably could have been better. Uh, at least releasing a paper book doesn't seem like the best PR move for Greta. However, it's better to do something and it's a pretty good book than sort of say the only way that's acceptable is to do is to do that. No, no, no. I, I'll give you that's the one. The one thing is that I am being unfair and that like it's certainly better than being like, I've done my activism and going home and doing nothing. Viewers, let us know what you think. Are you happy that Greta wrote the book? Are you a fan of the book? Or more like me, do you seem to kind of find it a little bit internally inconsistent and kind of grating that capitalism seems to have captured another icon of the movement that's supposed to be against capitalism? Are you a hater, in other words? <laughs> <laughs> yes, basically, are you a hater? Let us know. Feel free to contact us. Get in touch. No, this is really fun. Thanks, man. Uh, happy shout out to our 50th episode. And yeah, great to hear from you guys. Big up, big up. Leave reviews, tell your friends. If you enjoyed this, share it. Much love, see you later. And yeah, we'll record another one soon. Bye.